What is up, guys? Uh, Luke Gazer here with another episode of the Dynasty Podcast. Um, it's been a minute because of all the crazy stuff going on in the world today. Um, but I assure you, we have a very great episode for you today. Um, I thought today we could focus a little bit more towards the NBA side of things rather than the NFL. Um, more specifically, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and I have a very great guest on today. His name is Grant Freetag, and he actually works for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, how are you doing, Grant? Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? I'm using a, I'm using a friend's recording equipment, so I don't know how the quality is. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. It sounds perfect. All right. That's what I like to hear. What does uh, what this I hear about? Normally, normally you have NFL recordings? Um, I do all sorts of recordings. Um, this is actually my second podcast recording ever. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I do all sorts of things. So, wow, I, I, that's exciting. I hope I, uh, I hope I live up to the introduction you provided. I um, Yeah, I am Grant Freitag, as you said, and I, I do work for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I am the director of accounting. So I, I spend my time in the, in the numbers, the numbers behind the behind the experience so that is that is where i live interesting director i did not know that (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that's almost all the more enticing Um, (laughs) just to uh i I guess we can go back pre-coronavirus to start um what are some of the daily things that you do when you go into work let's just start there all right so i guess just to uh, maybe give a background of myself mm-hmm. if that's all right. Yeah. Um, I joined the Milwaukee Bucks in February of 2014. So I, <clears throat> sorry, it's probably terrible to listen to. So I, I went to, I went to college at the university of Wisconsin and then went to uh, work for a public accounting firm, Deloitte and Touche. They're an auditing firm in Milwaukee. And I started there in 2011 was there for a few years and one of their clients was the Milwaukee Bucks. So the Milwaukee Bucks, like any other business gets audited once a year for their, you know, standard financial statements. So the Deloitte and Touche, the company that I worked for happened to be the auditor of the Milwaukee Bucks. So when I started, because I'm interested in sports, I asked to be on that audit team and luck would have it. There was a spot for me available on the team. So I audited the Milwaukee Bucks as a member of a different organization from 2011 through 2013. And then, you know, it was kind of a right place, right time. Late late in 2013, they called me up and said they had an opening for an accounting position and were curious if I wanted to interview for it. And I jumped on the opportunity because I'm a, I'm a sports fan. I always wanted to work for a sports organization and, you know, things work out, worked out well. And in, yeah, February of 2014, I joined the Milwaukee Bucks at that time that were still, you know, they're still under Senator Cole was mm-hmm. the team owner. And so I started there in February and then April or May of that year, they, Senator Cole decided, decided he was going to sell the team and the, the current owners came in and purchased it. And there was a, you know, there's a, there's a small bit of, of unknown because they weren't, they weren't sure if they were going to be in Milwaukee for sure. Maybe relocate. Yep. There was some, there was some, you know, a couple, couple weeks where it, where it seemed like it might be up in the air, but 
you know, good fortune fell upon us. They got the, the right financing in place to build a new stadium in Milwaukee. And so now, yeah, in the, in the six ish years I've been there, we've gone from a, you know, the, the team as yeah. owned by Senator Cole. And now the, now, now the business is, you know, it, it used to be the, the Bradley center held all the, all the events of the old arena. And we were just, a, you know, we were just a team, but we didn't, we didn't operate the arena, but now at the, at Pfizer forum, we are the operators of the arena as well as having a team. So I do accounting related work for the Milwaukee Bucks as a basketball team, and then the arena for all the other, you know, concerts and, and shows that happen at the arena, as well as yep. the G League team up in Oshkosh and the the Bucks 2K team. So we've we've created quite an enterprise in the in the six short years since I've been there. So that is a little that is a little background on who I am and and how we came to be. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, that's that's all very interesting. Um, sounds like you got a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, I got kind of a lot to do, um, depending on obviously what type of season it is, um, you know, whether it's basketball season or in the summer when there's concerts and stuff. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a, you know, they, we try to try to create an environment at Pfizer Forum where there are events going on 12 months a year, you know, the. It, you know, it's interesting seeing the maybe the underbelly of the operations and trying to trying to figure out structurally how you're going to schedule concerts, schedule family shows in the, you know, let's say the May, June time frame when you don't know if you're going to have NBA games or not. And there's some, yep. you know, in a normal year, <laughs> there can be some interesting, you know, considerations made around trying to, you know, schedule concerts or other shows when, when maybe if you, if you make a conference finals or a finals, some of those dates might be in flux. So there's, yeah, usually there, there are a lot of considerations made around the, the events happening at Pfizer Forum, but we, you know, we do our best to, to have it be an arena that, that draws fans and draws concert goers 12 months a year. Yeah. I mean, Pfizer Forum, I mean, if you guys haven't been there, it's, I, I, I dare to say it's probably the best uh, arena in the NBA. It's, it's magnificent. I mean, ah, I appreciate, appreciate you saying <laughs> that they, that, you know, in the, in the design of the building, they tried to make it, you know, the, the best overall experience for basketball games and, and also a, you know, a place where the, you know, the set of the acoustics, the, you know, the overall seating was good mm-hmm. for concerts, um, you know, have a monster jam, a WWE, yep. um, basically just, just a, an environment that would, be a great experience for any any kind of event and i dare i say you know i'm a little biased in my opinion but i feel like we've done a done a pretty good job yes i mean i'm i might be biased too but i'd say yes you've definitely done a very good job (laughs) appreciate Uh, having your approval (laughs) um i think i read somewhere too that is the biggest jumbotron of any nba arena or something like that yes yes i think i believe i don't know if it's a it's certainly the biggest of some sort of jumbotron related metric. I know the yeah. uh, the stadium in Dallas, where the Cowboys play, certainly has a has a screen that may be larger. But I I I, I mm-hmm. believe there is some metric that measures 
jumbotrons through which we are <laughs> we are the top and and it's it's pretty innovative the way they did it because they it's got basically it's it's kind of a it's a cube that faces all yep. four directions and then there's also some screens under you know yep. under the under the sides so that people who are who are sitting down low uh can also have a good view of of replays or some sort of you know have a good have a good view of the scoreboard so I think it provides it's it's a is a scoreboard that provides video to basically anywhere or anyone in any seat. Yeah, it, it it's truly a wonderful scoreboard and jumbotron, um, especially down below, makes yeah. it nice for the players when they're arguing uh, foul calls. Yeah, it is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty funny watching the when there's a review or, or yep. some sort of <laughs> internal replay, watching the players watch the internal scoreboard. You you know, we give them a good view just think, so that they can they can argue <laughs> their side. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess moving forward, um, I guess back in March, uh, the whole world kind of went on pause with um, the pandemic of the coronavirus. Um, I forget what day exactly the NBA was paused, but I know I was watching. Um, I think I just went on Instagram and I found out that it, I think it was Rudy Gobert that tested positive for this virus. Um, and then, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden everything gets shut down. I mean, MLB, NBA, we're out of school. Um, mm-hmm. everyone's doing stuff out of home. So I guess, um, how has your job kind of been impacted by this? Um, and has, has there been any, any changes or anything like that? Um, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty, pretty cra- crazy week for us because, I don't know un, until the until the Rudy Gobert incident happened. Um, I think people kind of knew of of coronavirus and of the illness, but um, you know the the Rudy Gobert incident certainly halted basically all all sports in all realms. So for us, you know, mm-hmm. I th- it was a I want to say the the Rudy Gobert game was on a. Wednesday, if my mind, if yes, my memory, yep. if my memory serves me right, because I want to say it was on Wednesday the eleventh. Because as uh, as luck would have it, we had a relatively unique schedule where we had a relatively light February in terms of home games, and then in March we had the Pacers game on Wednesday the fourth, and then we had starting with Boston on the 12th, we had, we had basically home games more or less every other, every other between maybe every third night between the 12th and the, and the end of March. So we had, I want to say we had seven, maybe like seven or 10 remaining home games in March. So we were, we were preparing for a pretty busy March in terms of home games once we got to Boston and then, all of a sudden, all, all of this momentum for for home games came to a screeching halt when the when 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 Rudy Gobert tested positive, and I'll I'll never forget there was a there was an NBA TV game between the Thunder, yeah, I think it was the Thunder and the Jazz on on that Wednesday when right before they were about to tip off, the refs came out and yeah. said, you know, pull everyone off the court. Chris or Rudy Gobert tested positive, and you know, suddenly, suddenly the NBA was was shut down, and there was a there's certainly a, a couple months or a couple weeks where 
it was, you know, it was relative unknown, a big change in all, all business aspects, but specifically for us with, um, you know, with a business that's predicated on people gathering at arenas to watch a sporting event where, where the, the competitors are, are in close quarters with each other. It's, uh, you know, for many reasons, it, it couldn't happen given the virus. And it, it certainly, you know, certainly changed my work environment. Um, you know, we started working from home right after that started and still, still are working remotely. And, you know, pretty much immediately we started, you know, as, as an accountant, I, I live in the world of revenues and, Mm -hmm. and expenses. And we, we immediately started, uh, you know, modeling out basically how our, how our different revenue streams and expenses were, would be impacted if, let's say the season was shortened or the season was played in full, but was played without fans, but at Pfizer form, or let's say it was played at a neutral site without fans. You know, it's, there are a lot of different considerations to make based on how a season could potentially resume that we basically were immediately starting to try calculating out. So it's been pretty, it's been pretty, uh, been pretty wild since the, since the, quarantine started trying to basically map out the different ways the season may go without knowing how it would go. And as, as timing would have it, it's, it seems like the last day or so there has been a, an agreement with the board of governors to figure out how, how the season is going to continue. So, um, yes, somehow I think it was March 11th when, when everything everything shut down and then it was two and a half straight months of just not, you know, getting inklings of where people were thinking, what considerations that were thrown around hypotheticals and where you may go. But, but basically there were no real answers until it seems like now there is a preemptive plan in place to have games and crown yeah, champion, yeah. which as the, as, as someone working, working for the, the team with the best record, you know, that's, mm, that's what you want to see. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I know the Milwaukee Bucks haven't had a great deal of success in the past um, as far as with playoffs and whatnot. Um, and I, I know what mm-hmm. we were always wondering is like, oh, of course, you know, the one season that the Bucks have the best record in the NBA, the season gets halted. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And, um, I think from a fan's point of view, I think a lot of us were thinking, you know, all right, the, the season's paused. Are we even going to continue with the season? I mean, are they just going to scrap it and, you know, start in early September? Or, you know, what are they going to do? And um, I was very glad when I got the notification yesterday that um, the NBA Board of Governors approved a 22-team plan um, to resume the season in Orlando, Florida on July 31st. Um, you, you know, it's just it's just really great for the sport, um, especially with the Bucks being where, where they're at when the season halted. Um, like you said, best record. Um, so, you know, I guess with the new, um, the new, uh, return to play plan, um, does that impact your job at all? I mean, um, as far as what you do and, or does it, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. It's, it's interesting because as a, as an accountant, my, 
you know, my, my main role, or I guess what I, what I oversee is making sure our financials are accurate so that, uh, you know, uh, although the, although the bucks are, a an NBA team and they're, you know, professional athletes putting on, putting on incredible entertainment, it is, it is also, you know, a business that has revenues and expenses. So, you know, what I'm doing is just making sure those, those revenues and expenses are recorded accurately. And, and we, let's just say that our, the way we map out revenues and expenses assumes that 41 home games are going to be played. There aren't a lot of uh, contracts that have considerations for global pandemics <laughs> yep. that <laughs> shorten a season. Yep. So, so, so to that extent, it has been, it's been pretty wild. Um, I guess investigating the different, the different contracts we have and the, and the, and the overall impacts of this pandemic. And then in addition, you know, what's kind of financial implications, a shortened season at a neutral location may have. So, um, that's basically now, now that we, now that we have kind of an update on how the season appears, it's going to play out that will help us. We, you know, we haven't gotten into it fully, but you know, that'll help us look at the different, you know, say sponsorship TV, yep. um, you know, some of those different, different ways that, a that a business such as ours makes money and, and, and just, uh, compare it to the, you know, the expenses and just kind of model out how we're going to, how we're going to be impacted by this. It's, you know, it's in a perfect world, we, we would have, um, you know, for, for many, many reasons, we, we would want to play games at, at mm-hmm. Pfizer forum. That's, you know, you build an arena to, to fill it with fans for home games. Yeah. But, um, you know, given that that can't happen, it's, it is, it is very exciting, very exciting that the season is resuming in Orlando. And I think it's just, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how the, what the financial implications of a season in Orlando will be. I think there's still a lot of steps to, to work through in terms of how, how the league is going to put this on. I mean, it's, it's a, an unprecedented event for which, you know, there, there aren't a lot of, you can't go off historic, um, you know, you, usually you can go off of historic, uh, just kind of modeling in terms of what has happened in the past will represent what, what may happen in the future. But, but for an event like this, we're all kind of coming at it without great knowledge in terms of what, what it will all take to put on a, an event like a 22 team regular season slash tournament in Orlando. So it'll be, it's kind of a, it's an unknown for all of us, but it's, it, it's exciting, but it's also a little bit kind of, it's, there's, there's a certain, it's, it's interesting when you, when you're kind of delving into something that you've never experienced before, you, you have, you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. So I am remaining optimistic. I know that the, you know, the NBA is, is putting player health and safety and the health and safety of everyone involved at the, at the forefront of what's going on. And it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it all plays out, but I'm, 
I'm certainly excited for NBA to be back. It's, it's a of all years for a stoppage to happen, as you mentioned before. Of, of course, it would happen when we're the the top seed mm-hmm. and the, or the best record in the league. And <laughs> yeah, so so I'm excited that we're coming back. And I think you know, if as you probably know from many of the surveys of the players, they want to come back as long as there's a healthy way to do it. So yeah. it seems that there's a competitive drive for everyone, and it'll be. It'll be interesting to see how they how they put on games, but I'm I'm excited to see it play out because it means that it means that basketball is back, which helps helps return some some normalcy to all of our lives. I think during this pandemic, definitely, definitely. I mean, it, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about because, like you said, there's so many unknowns with this whole new plan. Um, even as they're bringing this out, that there's still a lot of unknown facts. Um, the, the thing I think about mm-hmm. a lot is the fan aspect. I mean, I think the general consensus is that there's not going to be any fans throughout this entire, um, throughout the entire rest of the season. Um, but you know, when you think about it, um, I, I read that the PGA tour is going to allow fans, um, after their first four events, um, and major league baseball, if they have a season, um, they're going to allow the States to decide if the ballparks can have fans or not. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to think about is, you know, if if it gets down the line where the where the cases have significantly um, gone down or whatever, you know, would the NBA consider letting fans um, or even a strict number of fans into the arenas, uh, just stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's sort of those things where you you don't you certainly don't want to. You don't want to rush into it because you want to have a plan in place to do it safely. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see at a, you know, at a PGA tour event, it's an, it's an open air outside yep. event with pretty, a lot of space for people to, to be. So you can, you can have fans in quarters that aren't close, but um, you know, obviously an arena is a, is a more yep. closed intimate atmosphere. So um, yeah, you know, I think every, every arena wants to be able to have fans attending events at the arena. I think it's just yeah, trying to, trying to work out, you know, maybe, maybe phases of, of having fans in, you know, setting up seating manifests where people are spread out and you don't have to, you can go get to your seat or exit your seat without, you know, coming in close contact with, um, you know, somebody you don't know, or, mm-hmm. you know, even, even making your way to a, to a restroom or, a con- or obtaining concessions, getting food, um, in a safe manner, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of, uh, I know I'm not overly involved in that side of it, but I know that the, you know, the arena operations department is, is already, you know, working through what are, what are all the, all the considerations that have to be made with regards to, um, holding a safe event for fans, given the, you know, given, given the virus that we're currently facing. So um, I, you know, all, all, all arena businesses want, want to be able to host fans at their arena. I think it's just a lot of, a lot of work is being done to make sure it's done in a, in a safe manner. I don't exactly. We're going to, we're, we're certainly not going to rush, rush back. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately, player health and safety comes before everything else. I mean, mm-hmm. 
if if I would have to bet on it, I'd say they definitely would not have fans for the rest of the season. Um, and you know, next season, who knows? Because I think they're starting on Christmas or something like that next year. Um, but yeah, ultimately, player health and safety comes first. Um, and like you said, yep. yeah, the arenas are—I mean, all those seats are jam-packed together. So mm-hmm. um, you got all the rows where people have to exit at the same time. So um, yeah, exactly. It's it's trying to trying to map out a way that you know people can. You know, how, how many people can you fit into an arena without strangers getting within six feet of each other? It's, it's you know, kind of the, yeah. the, the ultimate question. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I I don't think that you'd really be able to prevent that entirely. Mm-hmm. That's just my judgment. I mean, I could yeah. be wrong, but... Oh, there, yeah, there's a certain degree of kind of risk that people, you know, kind of maybe would inherently accept if they go to a game I'm, I'm not sure exactly how it would work but yeah like you're saying you can't you know people don't exactly have force fields around them so you can't mm-hmm. prevent that from happening but yeah i mean exactly i mean yeah this virus has taken a toll um you know it, it's mm-hmm. sad to not have fans at pfizer forum um i agree you got yeah you got all those wonderful workers in there i mean especially at the chick-fil-a um <laughs> is, that, is that your um, is that your your concession of choice? Um, usually it's either that or the Sobelmans. Mm. <laughs> I get it. No, there are a lot of there are a lot of excellent options, but yeah, those two are particularly popular. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I guess that kind of leads me into the the next point. Um, you got all these workers, whether it's concessions or um, the ushers of the aisles. Um, you got so many workers in Pfizer Forum, um, and I guess when the NBA season halted the big concern was all right well we're not going to be on uh have any games for a while so how are we going to get paid um and you know that's when all the players around the nba started um pledging money um to their arena workers and the milwaukee bucks were no different um you had Giannis Antetokounmpo pledging a hundred thousand dollars and you also had chris middleton pledging a hundred thousand dollars um and if i read my facts right uh the milwaukee bucks organization said that they would match all player donations um so just what are your thoughts on that and how huge is that impact i think it is i I think it is pretty amazing i mean as you were saying there are a lot of employees of pfizer forum whose jobs revolve around working events so to that degree since we didn't have events they you know there there was no work to be scheduled and i think it's pretty incredible the degree to which players for the bucks stepped up and donated i think you know a lot of times people maybe people um nowadays feel like players just jump around from city to city and don't have a lot of you know maybe loyalty to their city and i think just I don't know the degree to which the peop the the players for the Bucks stepped up and donated. I think shows a shows a degree to which they are you know very invested in the city of Milwaukee and want what's best for the people of Milwaukee and they you know they care about the well being of the citizens of this of the city. So I think that was that was very very impressive to see the degree to which players on the team stepped up and donated to the to the relief fund for the 
you know, the event employees. I think it, you know, it shows a lot that the, that the players are choosing to, to step up and help finance some of the, you know, some of the issues that yeah. arise, arise from the quarantine. I thought, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it made me, you know, made me proud to work for, work for a company and work, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I, I'm just the, the accounting guy behind the scenes, but you know, <laughs> you know, part of it, you know, it's, you, you're proud to, proud to do the behind the scenes, behind the scenes accounting work for a team that is full of such high quality and high character players. And that's, you know, so that was, yeah. that was excellent to see. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, the Bucks organization is, I mean, they're just a terrific organization. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, you know, maybe when the Bucks weren't as good as they are now, um, you know, during free agency, you'd see these players signing with the Bucks, and um, you hear all these analysts go, oh, why sign with Milwaukee? Why sign with Milwaukee? I mean, it, it just shows that Milwaukee is really a great city. Um, I, I think it can kind of be undervalued sometimes. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. to, to have all these players care about this city, like they do. It's just amazing to see. And it, and it makes me proud to be a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a, there's, there's certainly a tone at the top that is just, um, you know, I think the, the owners and, and the president and everyone on down are just the, just high caliber people, very, very passionate, very, um, you know, just, just good character type people that um, just players, players want to, you know, want to play for and be a part of the organization. And um, certainly from a, from a tone at the top perspective, I think we certainly have that. And as, as you were saying, there were, there were years in which we would have to go all out to try to get a free agent to try to sign Mm -hmm. people wouldn't people that, you know, maybe there wasn't a driving factor to go to Milwaukee, but now, you know, it's, seems like there are free agents or or players looking for a destination. And now Milwaukee is one of the, one of the top places they want to go, both because it's a, you know, it's a, it's been a successful team in the last few years, but then also I think the, the organization is one that has, you know, a high standard and it's a, it's a place that players want to play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like in LA, you got LeBron. I mean, he's got so many recruiting forces. I mean, Milwaukee just got a great city, great organization, a high caliber all-star player mm-hmm. too, I should say with Chris Middleton. Um, you know, I mean, if people say that they don't want to come to Milwaukee, you know, I just look at that and I shake my head because it's like, I mean, it's a wonderful city and I mean, what more can you say? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that stigma exists anymore. I mean, between it seems like coach Buttonholzer's system is one that seems to, um, you know, bring out the best in, in players talents. And then, you know, John Horst as a, as a GM seems like a great, a great guy that, that players love, love being on that, on that team. And then just the organization as a whole is just, just, you know, very positive and great personalities. And I think, you know, one of, one of the things I, one of the things I like most about the team is that just, it's, it's just like, it's a group of very good guys and they all seem to very, very much like being, like being on the team, like playing with each other. You can see that they're joking around with each other. There's a lot of uh, great camaraderie on the team and it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's fun to play for a, a group of guys that seems to really, really like each other and like, like playing in the city. So that's something I really like about this team. Yeah, it it's just truly amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, th- I think this city can be kind of underappreciated sometimes um, in, in many aspects. 
Um, but definitely now that they got the Bucks good and you got Giannis, I mean, good things are going to happen in the future for this organization. That's for sure. Yeah, and especially like- with Budenholzer and John Horst at GM, it's just going to be amazing. I agree. I agree. It seems like it seems like uh, there's been a lot of a lot of a lot of good things happening for the city and for the team, and hopefully, hopefully those those continue. Definitely, definitely. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, we're we're talking about this coronavirus pandemic a little bit um, and the craziness of all that. Um, have you been struggling to keep up with anything as a result of this, or have things been pretty mellow, as you did say? Um, no, I mean, you know, you know, it's funny. People people think when you when you work for an organization, you have a lot of insider info on what might be going on, but mm-hmm. to, to a certain degree, I'm. I am learning things as Woj tweets them the same way that anyone <laughs> is learning is learning those things. So, um, it has it has been pretty. You know, you know, people people hear of a of a hiatus or a quarantine and a you know suddenly games aren't happening and they maybe they think that the business overall slows down. But you know, on our end, there's so many considerations to make around the the financial impact of you know, 10 assumed home games full of fans no longer happening that for me, it has not, it has not slowed down and and the, and the craziness of, of the, of the pandemic and its potential implications and how, how a game might be, might be finished has, has definitely been a, a struggle to keep up with. It's, um, you know, it's a, I think the, the business is going to change moving forward from a, in arena experience so with both the the impact on on the current year and also the impact moving forward i think a lot a lot has changed as driven by this pandemic and it's been it's been very intense to try to keep up with it with all the all the considerations around those changes so yeah it it has certainly been a struggle i will say yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely crazy. Um, you know, you mentioned how this uh, pandemic is, is going to change things in the future. Um, you know, it, it just goes to wonder if, you know, in future NBA games, if, you know, they they limit seating or, I mean, anything when there's, um, you know, say flu season, for example, um, you know, whether, whether they're limited fans, I mean, making fans wear masks or whatever, it just, it just makes you wonder, um, how this pandemic is just going to change. I mean, all the in-person arenas around the country and the world ultimately. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very hard to, to judge, you know, mm-hmm. behavior around all this. I, it, it's just, it's, you know, I think to some degree, all, all of life since the, since the, the pandemic and the quarantine started is about, is about risk tolerance and, you know, every, everyone making their own assessment of the, degree of risk they're they're willing to tolerate in all all aspects of life and so you know i think a lot of it is just kind of um you know seeing how the world continues to open up seeing the potential increase in in spread of the pandemic that that it causes and then you know kind of continuing to assess as things open up what the potential illness implications are of it so um you know i i think I think it's hard to really put a timeline on, you know, maybe when, when we would 
have a sellout crowd at Pfizer Forum. I mean, there's there's no way yep. right now, but you know that is the ultimate goal. I'm 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 confident we will get back to it, but it's just you know what what steps have to happen between now and that time for for us to have a full arena. It's you know it's one of those things. I went to the I went to the Pacers game on on March fourth, and maybe you know at that time I I had no idea that that. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't appreciate that after that point. I would, I would, I wouldn't know when the, the next time I would be at a home, Bucks sporting events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I took it for granted, and maybe, maybe now in retrospect, I shouldn't have because, you know, it's hard to say when it'll happen. Hopefully, it happens. Hopefully, it happens sooner than later. There are a lot of very smart people working on how to how to get people into the arena again, and I'm confident that they'll figure out a way. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean. Yeah, I mean, like you say, we, we, we don't know when we're going to have fans in the arena again. I mean, just with the craziness in the world today. Um, but, I mean, it, it's good to look at the future, though, because, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of smart people working on the new plans for the future. Um, mm-hmm. Got so many smart people in this world working on a vaccine for this virus. Um, I mean, I, I believe this will ultimately go away at some point. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just. I don't think it's a matter of if, I think it's just a matter of when. Oh, um, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree. I mean, they're, they're very small, smart people working, working out the, the solutions and like you said, a vaccine. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly not an if, but a, but a when, and hopefully the, the when is sooner than later because I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, re- I really want to get back to, to Pfizer forum and enjoy either a Bucks event or some, some other sort of yep. events because yeah, I certainly, this, this quarantine has made me realize that, you know, I guess one of the, one of the nice perks of, of working in as an accountant is that I don't, I don't have direct work related to a game. So I get to, you know, I get to go to every game as a fan. And, and I think after six years working for the team, the ability to go to every home game is something that you you know, maybe start taking for granted. Maybe I didn't, didn't appreciate it enough. The, you know, the availability of watching the bucks from Pfizer forum, you know, 41 Mm. regular season games a year. And, but now that it's taken away, I I certainly, certainly have learned to appreciate (laughs) it more because it's, it's an amazing experience and I, I cannot wait to get back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You and me both. I mean, I, I cannot wait to get back to Pfizer forum because I, like I said, that arena is amazing. The team is amazing. And just ultimately good things happen whenever you go there. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. So I guess we're looking at the future and there's a lot of unknowns, but uh, I, I, I do or something that we do know at this point is that um, the NBA is going to return this year. Yep. Um, so, yeah, July 31st, you have the 22 team return to play format in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Um. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's going to be a new experience. It's going to be interesting, um, but I'd love to hear your take. Personally, I am very excited. I think that all of this is uncharted territory, so it will be certainly a unique experience. I still have, I, I, I look forward to seeing the logistics in many ways between how players and team personnel are going to be, you know, remain safe, how the testing is going to work, 
how all the quarantine related activities are going to happen between games. And then also from a game experience itself, how, how it's all going to look, you know, how, how the, how the in-game experience maybe can be enhanced if you don't have fans. I mean, from the uh, availability of new and unique camera angles to, you know, being able to maybe hear the players to a greater degree, the coaches to a greater degree. I think, you know, one thing I've been, one thing I've been lucky enough to to do uh, working for the Bucks for this long is sometimes I'm, I'm able to spend a little time near near the court for a game, and there's just something unique about about experiencing mm-hmm. a game from from that close when you can hear the you can hear the, the players oh, yes. interacting, you can hear the coach talking to the team, you can you can hear um, you know just just the sounds of the game are are I I think just bring you know just 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 enhance the overall experience when you can hear the sounds and you can, I think really appreciate the complexities of what are going on, of what's going on. And I mean, you know, to the degree that maybe this fanless ex- experience can, you know, bring that to, you know, you know, help everyone kind of experience some of those, those unique sounds of the games that you usually only get from, from very close. I think there are, there are certainly some, some exciting opportunities around that. So it'll be, It'll be interesting how it plays out. I mean, from what I've heard about the format, I think, you know, it, it, you know, I think they've done as good of a job as they can to give everyone a, everyone a fair chance who's near the playoffs and um, mm-hmm. provide enough regular season games for teams to to get their to get their flow back to get back into the rhythm of things and then um, present a fair opportunity for everyone and then you know. Crown a crown a champion that that feels like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a deserving champion and a champion that's representative of the best team in the league. You know, I think that one of the fears mm-hmm. around all this is that you, you know, you throw something together and then someone's crowned champion, but it feels like it it wasn't that the that the season didn't play off in a play out in a representative manner and that it it would be a a title with an asterisk. But I think the way that they the way that they set it up, I think is a, you know, I think it's very positive and I think it's going to help us crown a strong and deserving champion. And hopefully the champion is the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely really exciting. I mean, like you said, um, to be able to hear all the sights and sounds of, uh, the coaches, the players on the court, more possibly, that's all going to be, and that's all going to be just amazing. Um, I mean, for all the fans who experience that, um, I mean, they'll have to watch their language more, I think. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes you, you get caught up in the in the, you know, you get caught up in the game. Oh yeah, Carmelo Anthony <laughs> is who I think of. But is he particularly uh, adept at throwing down a? a word here or there that might need to get bleeped. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you watch them on ESPN Wednesday night or whatever, sometimes, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And especially when he's rebounding. Oh too. yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he has a certain phrase that makes it clear to everyone yep. else that the, the rebound is his. Definitely. Definitely. It's really, it's really funny. To yeah. To. Yeah. It doesn't work as well in my intramural <laughs> pickup games. And I try to try to, try to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> we all do exactly. we all do <laughs> um 
so I guess getting back to the more format um, list of things. Um, so I guess what the NBA came out and said today is that um, there's only going to be allowed to be 1,600 people total on the campus at one time. Um, and I guess they're not allowing families of players to enter until after the first round of the playoffs, um, which I guess that makes sense for the bubble because they're trying to test things out and whatnot, um, keep everything as safe as possible. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I also read another report um, today that the NBA is exploring possibly using um, 2K fan noise um, as like sort of a yeah. filler. Um, you know, that that's kind of an interesting thought to think about you know how that would work and you know what they would exactly do with that if that would if they would actually implement that in the games it is uh you know it's been interesting to listen to sorry i know you didn't ask me a question but i i I, as you're as you're saying that i was thinking about how i was um i was watching a a bundesliga game for the the german soccer league that has has recently come back and i think you know initially they they played games without any noise and then after that, they they've been kind of using, you know, what I what I would describe as as the sounds of the game. And I think I think you said it very well with like using two K noise, where it's I don't know who's running it, how it's how it's working, but the you know if if you're playing at one one team's home stadium, you know this this Bundesliga match I watch, you know every time there's a there's a big opportunity for the home team, you know, like the crowd just like increases in a, in a buzz of, of noise and excitement. And then, you know, it's just kind of like the, the organic sounds that you would hear at, at a home game from, from the crowd. And I think, you know, personal, personal opinion, I thought that was, I thought that was, I thought it added a lot to the overall experience because there is a certain amount of, you know, dare I say white noise, but it's kind of like the, just the, the inherent buzz of the crowd and the fact that the crowd kind of yep. grows louder as a, as an exciting event is happening. And I think that's just a natural thing that people watching on TV are used to hearing when they watch a game. So like, you know, after a minute or two of watching this Bundesliga game, I kind of forgot that the crowd noise was being pumped in. It just, it just, it sounded like a game was happening more naturally i think just the fact that you there was it's weird to say it sounded more natural with the artificial noise that was happening but that's kind of what it was it was you know like the you know the the sounds of what a game would sound like at someone's home arena made it sound more more natural to to experience as a as a fan watching on tv so um yeah it'll be interesting to, to hear what they do with that i think the you know the fact that other other teams are coming back or other other leagues are starting up sooner and, and broadcasting on TV. And then, you know, the fact that there are kind of eight regular season games to, to test out the, you know, the overall mm. broadcast experience. I think there, you know, there are a lot of very smart people involved in, in the broadcast that I think are going to do a great job of kind of enhancing to the greatest degree, what, what the experience should be with sights and sounds of a, of a game without actual fans at it to create crowd noise. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, either way, I'm going to be super excited with whatever they do, whether it be they implement the fan noise from 2k or um, just simply have no fan noise with, and then being able to hear the players oh, and yeah. coaches. Um, but I mean, 
yeah, it's just going to be a, a completely fun experience to watch. Um, I mean, like you said, it's, it's going to be a fair way to produce a champion mm-hmm. for the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of um, exploring on everyone's yeah, part and, um, and gathering and info. I agree. And, and selfishly, as someone who my let's just say the the timeline of me going to bed at night and waking up in the morning no longer coincides with watching western conference basketball because uh living living in the central time zone the you know these playoff games can be scheduled to start at 9 30 central but in reality they could start yep. at 9 45 and and go well past midnight so the fact that all the teams are going to be in orlando which is the eastern time zone and and you know maybe playing earlier i'm i'm selfishly excited that uh games are going to be cor- yeah. going to be incur- occurring more within my my sleep schedule so <laughs> you know from a, from a selfish yeah, standpoint and someone who enjoys watching all the basketball teams and maybe hasn't been able to experience as much western conference action because of the overall timing of it it's it's going to be fun to be able to have all the games happen at what i in the central time zone deem to be a better time yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I'm the same way, you know, a couple of years, well, I guess last year and the years prior past um, when the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. had their dynasty, um, all, all those early around games started at 9.30, 9.45. And, I mean, I don't like to stay up late at all. So, I mean, yeah, they can be tough. Um, I would always just not watch them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I would just go to bed, wake up, oh. Oh, Warriors won. All right, yeah, cool. There, I, I remember the <laughs> um, playoffs last year. I was trying to I was trying to record, I was trying to DVR some of the Western Conference playoff games and then turn them on in the morning without seeing the result broken for me on some sort of Twitter or other social media. And it's very yeah. difficult. So so yeah, yeah. Trying to yeah. being able to avoid the all the effort of of watching those late night slash early morning if you record them games. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Oh yeah, I mean, I think I tried to record. What game was it? Uh, I think it was. I think it was the Warriors game six of the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals last year. And um, yeah, I tried to record it because that game again was late. Um, but you know, ultimately it was very difficult because when you have several different sports apps that all give you notifications, and the first thing you do when you wake up is yep. look at your phone. Well, it's very it's very difficult to not. Uh, to not consciously exactly. look at the score. Yeah, you can't you can't check <laughs> anything without seeing the result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, just again going back to the fact that they're all going to be in Orlando, um, Eastern Time Zone, and it's going to be earlier for us. It's yeah, going to be really nice. I agree. Um, it still feels a little surreal. Like I know the news came down today, but until like, I feel like until players get back to the their respective training centers and start working out, it's not going to. It's not going to feel real. I don't know. Something something about the quarantine, it, it still doesn't really, really feel like games are going to be back. But I feel like once teams are together and yep. and working out and getting ready for it, then it's going to it's going to really feel like it's returned. It, it still doesn't really feel real because I think we're I'm two and a half months into not having sports. You know, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't feel real until the teams actually come together and start preparing for it. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it's it's gonna feel. I mean, we're all just gonna be jumping for joy when that first oh, game kicks yeah, off. Definitely. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I guess kind of closing things out or starting to wind our th- way down. 
Um, what are your predictions for what's going to happen with the Bucks when they get to Orlando? Oh, I mean, I'm not exactly unbiased. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I I love the system. I love the way that the team plays, the way they play together. I think it's it, it mm-hmm. brings out the strengths in all the players, and I think the the team learned a lot from you know the prior seasons playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that I think they're you know I feel like a lot of a lot of championship caliber teams have a have a learning curve, have a have that one year where they seem like they might make it, but then they you know they they run into a a stiff challenge, but but it but it kind of yep. helps them get to that next level. And I, you know, I think I think the books have all the pieces that they need and a great system and the right the right personnel to to go all the way. You know, hope, hopefully hopefully that happens. It's you know it's hard to it's it's hard to say, but I, that's the way I'm feeling. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely hard to say because I mean yeah like, I mean. They're a, they're a great team. They have all the right pieces. They're they're so deep at every position that they have. Um, I, I guess I'm being a little bit biased right now because I'm hearing all this stuff about uh, around ESPN. Um, oh, the Lakers are going to come out with the title. Oh, this mm-hmm. and that. And I think I even saw one report uh, today that said the uh, Boston Celtics are going to come out of the East. And um, I guess that made me a little bit mad because of all, of all the things that the Bucks did. Um, it's like, well, dude, I mean, I, I get that we're not in normal times. I, I get that there was a pause and you, you don't know what's going to happen, but I mean, you, you're just throwing the, the fact that the, what the Bucks did just completely out the window. Yeah, it's a, um, There's a, there's a certain you know, degree to which I, I have started to disregard what, what is said on certain, certain shows or by, by certain people, because mm-hmm. it's just, uh shows do what they need to 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 generate content so um yeah yep. <laughs> I, I i'm not gonna worry <laughs> myself with what certain personalities believe um i think mm-hmm. you know the 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 team's record and point differential and i think overall play mm-hmm. for the games that have happened speaks for itself and hopefully they can continue to play the at the caliber they played at for the for the playoffs, I mean, obviously the the game changes, possessions stiffen up. Uh, you know, teams are mm. more rested. You know, each possession means more, and there's more break. So, like there, there are certainly changes to the game that happen in the in the postseason. But I think, you know, I think the Bucks are set up set up very well to continue to continue playing at the at the level they have been throughout. Definitely, yeah. I mean. They're, they're so I'm, I just think about it as they're, they're so deep at, at every position that they have. I mean, and, and they've been consistent all year long. I mean, the Lakers, I mean, sure, they're a great team. They got LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, but, you know, they haven't been nearly as consistent as the Bucks have been. I mean, I, I think right before the, the pause of the NBA season, they hadn't lost two games in a row the entire time where the Lakers had done that on multiple occasions. I mean, again, I'm not saying – that one team or whatever is going to win or whatever. But I mean, cause you know, we're not in normal times I and mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but I mean, I, I do believe that the bucks have all the right pieces. Um, to yeah. make a good run. I agree. And, and I just, I just, 
you know, I just want, I, I, I would like a champion to be crowned while everyone stays safe, I think is what I want the most out of all this. It's exactly, there's been a lot of, a lot yeah. of work done to be able to have a, have a season occur and have a, have a champion crowned. And I just, you know, the one thing I want most is for, for everyone to get through this with safely and, and, you know, hopefully it'll help us down a path of having games at Pfizer forum with arenas or with, with arenas with fans sooner than sooner than later. Yeah. I I mean, definitely safety and health is ultimate priority when, when this, if or whenever this season does resume. (laughs) Um. Well, our coming up hey, on about an hour. Um, time flies. I didn't even yeah. <laughs> you start yeah. talking basketball, you just lose track of time. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I could talk about <laughs> basketball all day if I had to. <laughs> um, those are all the questions I had. Um, unless you have any closing. No, remarks. I mean, thank you so much for having it on. I really, I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm sorry that we couldn't delve more into the. Uh, into the intricacies of, uh, you know, accounting principles and the various audits we go through each year, you know, the, the BRI, the basketball related income audit, the, you know, the CFS audit, actually that this might be interesting topics to touch yeah. on. Maybe, maybe we'll save those for next time for, for, for the, for the off season. We can, we can delve into, uh, how, how what I do impacts how, uh, basketball related income and, and the, and the set salaries calculated yeah. because I do I do spend a lot of my time in that realm. So that sounds like an off, sounds like an off season podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I mean if you're willing to come back oh, on, absolutely. I'm absolutely this has been a pleasure. It sounds like an interesting Yeah. I, I, I think this is a really good episode. Um yeah you I think you guys can agree. Um but yeah um the NBA is back folks. Um Grant, thank you so much for being on this. Um, this is like yeah. Said, thank you for thank session. you for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity, and it's in it's in good times with the with the knowledge that the season is coming back. Just just the the decision just being made. Definitely, definitely. Um, good times are ahead. I mean, everyone, we just gotta keep our heads high. Sports are coming back. Um, even though we can't have fans, we'll be okay. We'll we'll be back in our respective arenas at some yep. point in time. Dust off that Bucks gear because um, we're going to be back. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to come back. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, again, Grant, thank you. Absolutely. This is an absolute pleasure. Um, and, yeah, that concludes my second ever episode for the Dynasty Podcast. Um, let me know what you guys think. Um, thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see, we will see you, you next time.